Welcome to the True Falls Film Festival. Welcome to the True False Podcast, presented by KBIA. I'm Sebastián Martínez Valdivia. As we've talked about earlier in the season, the festival is going to look a little different this year. One thing that's the same is we're sitting down with our festival programmers to preview some of the films showing at this year's fest. So today, we're joined by Angela Catalano. Hi. And Amir George. Hey. So let's get into it. Uh, in order to maintain social distancing, most of the films are screening at an outdoor venue. Yeah. What films are you most excited for folks to see at the New Digs? Man, that's really hard to say. It gets more challenging with, with like so many good films. But this year, like, is a little bit different because um, we have a, like a much like shorter lineup than we normally have. Um, normally, we show about like forty films. This year, we're only showing sixteen. Um, of course, the best documentaries of the year. Um, I would say a few that I'm most excited about is uh, like Summer of Soul, um, the first film by Amir Questlove Thompson, and uh, like Fire Dai, a new film by a filmmaker named like Jessica Bashir. Oh, Songs That Flood the River by Herman Adolfo Arango. Um, it's his first film, and uh, I'm excited that we were able to like world premiere that. Let's talk about uh, Summer of Soul for a second, because I think concert <laughs> films are, are some of the documentaries people are most familiar with who aren't super into documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how does this fit into that kind of sub-genre of documentaries? Well, given that Questlove is a musician, um, this isn't really a music film. I mean, it's about a music festival that took place in Harlem and kind of got like forgotten about. But this is so much more. It's a, it's a political film. It's a family film. I, he's really such a great like historian yeah, of music yeah, as yeah, well. And yeah. that bringing in that level of research to contextualize the moment in 1969 in Harlem and what that meant for black and brown folks in New York City. I don't have a single word yeah. for it, but I, yeah. Prolific. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> could be could be said about the film and how it uh, not only uh, you know like brings back to life this archive, but we get to see people who were there and kind of like recapture these memories and you know relive the experiences and pretty much like come to tears, um, you know, um, in like experiencing this footage again. I think a lot of folks obviously know Questlove as the drummer of the legendary Roots Crew, um, but you know. I, I don't think most people are familiar with this filmmaking side uh, of Questlove. So is this something that he's been interested in for a while? Uh, and, and this is the, the first that is hitting the mainstream, I guess, because it obviously, you know, it showed at, at Sundance this year as well. Yeah. It seems like he was definitely, definitely into, to me, like the form and the history of documentaries. I think one thing that caught me uh, most about the documentary is you see like Bill Greaves, who's a legendary, like, uh, this legendary, like, black documentary filmmaker, um, who made, uh, you know, this film called, like, Symbio, like, Taxoplasm, um, historic, legendary documentary. But he shows him a lot, and I feel like he's getting at some homage to documentary history and documentary form. And that's what I really, like, appreciate about the film, these small little, like, nuances throughout um, where he kind of uh, highlights uh, just uh, the archival history and, and how it's been told, like, in a nonfiction form. Symbiotaxoplasm is a film that I absolutely encourage people to seek out because yeah. it is uh, a trip. Um, how about you, Angela? Are there any other films that you're excited for people to see outdoors in the Missouri, I guess, early summer, late spring? Yeah. Um, 
I think first it's going to be really cathartic just to watch any films with people together, especially outside. Um, because of True False being sort of the last in-person festival, I think, you know, both for Columbia and then, you know, for Amir and I who haven't lived here, um, coming back and experiencing it kind of puts like a a, a nice, at, I don't want to say an end to this pandemic year, but gives it a feeling of hope that we're getting out of it. Um, I think one of my one of my favorites of the fest this year is, uh, is an experimental film from Fern Silva. It's called Rock Bottom Riser. Um, so Fern has been working in experimental short films for over the past decade. And so this is his feature debut, which premiered, uh, at the Berlin all this year. And, uh, it's set in Hawaii and it brings in all of these different ideas about, um, about nature, about climate change, about scientific progress and how that has been sort of, um, negating indigenous sacred lands and indigenous people and then also thinking about tourism and pop culture and how that affects place and identity um it's really exciting as a programmer to program something that's more experimental as well and i hope people that doesn't turn folks off to it because it's a really fun film as well there's parts that are laugh out loud funny and Burn. I think there's a lot of these really great intertextual references too to like other films that he is aware of. Um, there's a, a, a funny bit about Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like, so it's not. I think it's something that I hope subverts people's expectations about it. And I think that that's one of the things that that the True False always does really well is bringing films that maybe you would see in a gallery space, but seeing them in kind of a actual festival environment with other people around you. I will say that seeing films in galleries is one of my favorite aspects of going to art museums because mm-hmm. you're just sitting in a dark, quiet room with like five or six other people mm-hmm. watching this thing. Um, but it's always very transformative to see it uh, with other people, and obviously in this new space is very exciting as well. Going along with that, um, my favorite aspect of True False is being, like I just said, in a quiet, dark room with just a handful of other people seeing something that you probably can't see anywhere else or is very difficult to see anywhere else. Um, are there any other like hidden gems, I guess, that, that you all are excited about this year? Yeah, or... I'm going to go with Alina Gorlova's This Rain Will Never Stop. This is a film that really caught me by surprise at how emotionally resonant it was throughout and then afterwards and the way I kept thinking about it. Um, the film is it's uh, black and white um, and follows the Suleiman family who fled Syria and part of them are currently or uh, were living in Ukraine. The mother's from Ukraine originally. Uh, and we primarily follow the youngest son, Andre, as he is working as a Red Cross volunteer and bringing that experience of being a refugee to Ukraine, which at the time was heading into conflict as well. Um, the film just shows how war fractures families in a way that I hadn't seen before. Um, and really touches on the emotional damage of that through this, like, uh, she, she has it, um, uh, in chapters. It's very elliptical. So how these like moments punctuate Andre's life. Um, it's really powerful. It's unlike any sort of like a subgenre of like refugee documentary, especially with a lot of documentaries coming out about Syria and people from the region and how they've um, endured through a civil war. Uh, yeah, I think it's a film that's going to stick with me for a really long time. And and again, another one that'll look beautiful in the park. It's beautifully shot, really like sweeping imagery as he moves around different spots of Europe in the Middle East. I'm excited for that. Amir? Yeah, a uh, film I'll recommend is will probably be like Homeroom. 
about uh, Pete Nix. Um, this is the third film in this Oakland trilogy. Um, I will say this one is exciting because we get to see this like pandemic film from the pretty much like from the perspective of, like of these high school students, and I feel like kids are never in this conversation, and you know, you know how they were affected by it, how that class moved on to Zoom. So we get to we get to see like that experience in addition to like this like political upheaval that happens um, as they're trying to. Um, Go against you know uh, is it like funding they're getting like 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 getting like funding they have for their uh school and then that kind of like leads into the pandemic to where they have to they're on the street and on the ground you know participating in other actions um throughout their community in Oakland and it's a real powerful film where we get to see like pretty much their lives change and, and what's also like most exciting about that film is they actually will be here the kids and P Nicks um, which are a few guests that we will have uh, like with us this year. And I think at this point we can call Pete Nix a, a true-false fixture, totally. <laughs> given that this yeah. is, like you mentioned, the end of a trilogy yeah. that's shown here. Um, that's very exciting. So as a, as a short uh, filmmaker, uh, obviously those are very close and near and dear to my heart. Can you talk about some of the, the shorts coming to, to this year's fest? Oh, man, we have some good ones. Um, we have four uh, like shorts programs, um, all with very like special names. There's like Cicada 69, there's Coyote 77. Sturgeon seventy three, and Stag. Stag sixty seven. Stag sixty seven. Sound um, like football play calls. <laughs> uh, or, sure. Or drinks. Or, or, or drinks. drinks. <laughs> or outdoor animals. Uh, <laughs> that come out at night. <laughs> they're Roman nature. Um, uh, they're all very like eclectic shorts. Um, each group. Um, if I would have to pick my favorite, I would probably go with Sturgeon seventy three. Um, just given the themes that it revolves around from. Um, kind of like this, uh, like public protest at like Black Lives Matter Plaza with this with roller skater, um, this like similar tribe in the Everglades, um, and and their history with with uh, like alligator wrestling. Um, another another couple shorts that probably stand out to me is also like Department of Injustice, which is the first film, which is in another program, Alex <laughs> uh, Cicada sixty nine, which is a film by uh, Chloe Goodbye and Travis Wood, and it's their first time like collaborating together. Um, this film deals uh, t- talks a lot about um, pretty much like uh, like police violence and imagines if there was like a this like phone service for, for like people to call in and report injustices. Um, wow, if there was actually a, a phone service like that, what what would be the actual use of it? But but I really like their their like visual language that that they use in the film, and it's one that definitely stands out. Yeah, I'm glad you asked about that. I feel like shorts programs are. St- there's some of my favorite things to go to when I'm at a festival because we don't really have a place to watch shorts. And when a program is really thoughtfully curated and the running order flows together, which I would say that we did, um, it's a really transformative experience. Um, I'm gonna, I'll, my, uh, one of my favorite programs is called Cicada 69, which is all the through line of those films is uh, thinking about place and identity and rituals that get tied into that. Um, there's a really wonderful short called The Bodies from uh, a Spanish filmmaker, Aloy Dominguez Siren, um, which is about a carnival in Galicia before the pandemic. And uh, so I moved here from New Orleans and have a really deep love for carnival and Mardi Gras. And so that film felt like the experience of being at night in a parade and surrounded by people in costumes and you're not sure how you got there and you just go with it. Um, And the other one I want to point out, which is The Cut, from a filmmaker that um, we had here last year as part of our PRISM mentorship program. His name is Zach Manuel, who 
who's also from New Orleans and is a wonderful, wonderful human being and an incredible filmmaker, um, the director of photography of Oscar-nominated Time. So The Cut is his short film. Um, it's a really lyrical piece about uh, the place of black barbershops during the pandemic and how they moved outside in New Orleans and specifically on this street called Claiborne Avenue that um, was um, uh, has been segregated because of um, a highway that was built that completely went through this really thriving black neighborhood in New Orleans. So it has a, a lot of um, thinking about the place of a barbershop and the intimacy that that um, that people share there as well as that that actual block and what it means to the city. And Zach will be here to speak a little bit about it, which will be great. Continuing the the true-false New Orleans connection, which we have maintained over many years, in particular through the films of the Ross brothers, of course. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the cohesiveness of, of true-false shorts programs, I think, has always been one of the strengths of the festival. I think it's a cliche to compare things to mixtapes, um, being mm. like a good mixtape, but maybe mm. it's like a, a good Spotify playlist or, or something yeah, like stick that. Stick with the mixtape. I like that, <laughs> the analog. Yeah. Um, another perennial question that I have to ask every programmer preview. Um, what do you anticipate being fan favorites? We already mentioned uh, the, the Summer of Soul, which mm-hmm. I anticipate drawing a lot of attention. Uh, but are there any others that you think would really resonate with uh with the crowds. Yeah, I think uh, our True Life Fun film this year, which is uh, called Sabaya. Uh, Sabaya is like an action movie. Um, it's about two guys basically like, volunteer and risk their lives to go into this um, ISIS control camps um, where these like Ashidi women are, are like kept as slaves. Um, and they basically go into like free these women um, and risk their lives doing so. And they're, I can't give away too much, but it's really dangerous and really risky. And um, it's one that I think really uh, like elevates the program. I think people are really going to be like excited to see it. I think I'm going to go with The Grocer's Son, The Mayor, The Village, and The World, um, our longest title of the year. Uh, this is a film from a former True Vision Award honoree from the festival, Claire Simone, and it is about a small French village that has a documentary film festival surrounded by a very supportive agricultural community. And they are attempting to launch a documentary film streaming service. It might remind you of another film festival <laughs> and small place. Um, it's really charming. It's gonna. That's one I think in the park is you're going to feel that catharsis of coming together as a community and seeing things at a film festival and all the things that make a specific place and festival really special, which for me is what True False always feels like of Columbia in a certain way that other film festivals don't feel of the place that they're located in. And people will obviously be getting to see a new side of Columbia. If they only come in for True Falls, they're probably rooted in downtown. But Stevens Lake Park is a community fixture as well. I think most Colombians of a certain age remember going sledding there and, mm-hmm. and doing stuff like that. And a sledding hill when I'll be like a venue where they go watch movies. That's and awesome. Be like three other venues in the park. Um, oh. Just to mention, um, they're all like art installations. So... That's, that'll be exciting, too. Another exciting thing to look forward to. Hopefully no audience members go sledding into the trees, which was another <laughs> Columbia childhood tradition. Uh, more static, I guess. So we've been talking mostly about uh, films that we'll be showing in person here, but we also have the Teleported Fest. Um, do you all want to talk a little bit about what that is for folks who may not be familiar? Mm, where to can I start with Teleported? Teleported is this very uh, uniquely like curated experience where uh, all attendees uh, or pass holders rather get to um, experience uh, about 
about like six films in the program, but also get this special box in the mail that goes along with each day of the of the film. So can't really reveal too much was in that box, but just know every box is for each day. I think the big impetus for that, too, just to contextualize it for folks is like in this past year where everything moved online for filmmakers and for audiences, that really changes the dynamic of how they experience a fest. And I, we were really more interested in trying to capture the like the whimsy and the fun of true false in a way that is really hard to do online. I, I think we probably all agree like it's hard for in you as a filmmaker Mir and me is more of like a curator I was really less interested in streaming things online through festivals because it was it felt like just like logging to my Hulu account and what are the ways we can go beyond that and so I think we really wanted to make this a very special and highly curated experience both so that folks would be more engaged and not inclined to shut it off but also, too, for the filmmakers to get an actual experience with an online audience, as well as preserving um, a space for them to sell their films afterwards. There is, I mean, this is also a place for filmmakers to launch their film to a larger audience. And just putting it on the Internet didn't feel right to us. We want to preserve that experience for them so that they have the ability after our festival to approach distributors and say, you know, I had this online premiere, but it was for a very small subset of people. It was not made available to everyone, which I know is maybe like harder for general audiences. It's like, what? It's on the internet. Can I watch it? But I think for both audiences and filmmakers, we have to find that common ground so that people can still maintain their career after this. Yeah, I think that 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 makes sense. Um, obviously, it's a little like being kind of on a Zoom meeting. It's really easy to kind of tune out. So finding a way to make it a little more engaging and put yeah. people in that mindset, totally. uh, I think that's, that's great. So we uh, documented in the first two episodes of the season the process by which this festival has come about in the, the past year uh, plus of planning. So if you haven't listened to that, you should go back and listen to it. Uh, Hannah France and Fernando Narro did a really great job. Um, but with that said... How does it feel to only be a you know a couple weeks away from from the fest after the year that we've had? It's gonna be a nonstop you know like roller coaster from here. I will say uh, it's, uh, it's exciting to think about that we actually like pulled it off um, in these times and you know we were able to bring some people here. But ultimately you know I like show these films in person to people and uh, do it uh, in a safe way and um, a way that sort of you know. Uh, brings people back into like a public sphere of engaging with each other and, and watching movies and just being outside and, and enjoying art. I, yeah, all of that. And also just, yeah, I think every week for us, I think even on the programming side, it was like we knew we were going to get to this place where we'd have a, a fest. But because everything is so like with the theme of the festival uncertain, there are definitely moments where it's like, are we going to be able to do this? And um, to actually get to the point where we're so close and have the vaccine rollout happening even a month ago, it, it felt, you know, you, I think we all felt a little anxious. It's it's hard to bring people together. And um, and what, even though we were, we've been following everything with the health department guidelines, it's still, you know, mentally that's a hurdle you have to cross. And so to get to this point, it feels great that we're going to have an actual fest and people are coming and we have vaccinated filmmakers coming. And even that, like I would say two weeks ago, we were sort of like, I don't know if anyone will come. We're going to do everything on Zoom. 
And to have so many people be like, I'm good. I'm ready to come and have people watch my film with me feels particularly good. I think that uh, you mentioned earlier in this conversation, it's it's kind of a, a bookend in the sense that I think for a lot of people in the, the film community, filmmaking, um, you know, film fans, I guess, um, cinephiles, uh, True False last year was maybe one of the last big things that everyone did, you know, in public. Mm-hmm. And now it may be one of the first things that, that people do as, as we start to, um, you know, edge towards a place where we can resume some semblance of normalcy. Um, so I think that that's very exciting, not just for y'all, but for everyone who's going to be attending the fest. Uh, is there anything that you all want to talk about that, that I haven't asked about? Yeah, we have a few filmmakers attending um, outside of uh, like Pete Nix and uh, like his subjects from the film. Um, we also have... The filmmakers uh, Amelia Mello and producer Ben Zeitland for No Kings. They are going to come and speak about... Brazilian shot documentary. And Carlos Afonso Corral with the film A La Dirty Feathers, which will be making its um it's like North American premiere mm-hmm. um here at True False. Yeah, lots of shorts filmmakers too. Yeah, lots of so, mad shorts filmmakers. Yeah. Dan, which is another good uh film. Well, I can't pronounce his last name. Schneidkraut. Schneidkraut. I'm so sorry, Dan <laughs> Schneidkraut. I, we are both not And me saying Dan and her saying <laughs> Um but his film is really trippy. Um, it's about this uh, this elderly like birthday party in Nebraska that gets that gets wild. Um, <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. I feel like we always have to have a film about Midwestern eccentricity at every <laughs> True False. Yeah. So that's good that that's that box is checked this yeah. year. Yeah. Well. And also also like True False itself is uh, like Midwest eccentricity. So it's true. Yeah. I'm just okay. gonna throw this last thing in. Yeah. 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 Summer so is stirring, inspirational, and just amazing. You don't want to miss it. You got your pull quote there, Questlove. <laughs> You put that on the box. <laughs> awesome. That's it for this week's episode of the True False Podcast presented by KBIA. Thanks to Angela Catalano and Amir George for joining us. Our music is by Tim Pilcher using sounds from the True False Film Festival. You can find past episodes of the podcast on our website at kbia.org or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sebastián Martínez Valdivia. Thanks for listening, and see you at the fest. Mm-hmm.